Thanks for downloading this episode of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for downloading this episode. For those of you who have been longtime listeners, you know that now and again, uh, I put together international panels to get, uh, well, international perspective on how social media is developing uh, outside of the U.S. And uh, next month, I'll actually be traveling to Berlin to conduct a social media boot camp on October 10th and 11th. If you are interested in uh, enrolling in my social media boot camp in Berlin, uh, just go to ericschwartzman.com forward slash Berlin. And so I thought, what better opportunity than to assemble a panel of uh, local German social media professionals to discuss the social media scene in Germany. Um, And we're going to talk about Germany in general and about Berlin in particular, uh, which appears to have emerged, at least according to a recent story in the New York Times, as the tech startup capital of Germany. Uh, Despite the city's 13% unemployment rate, which is the highest of any German state, and well above the national average of 7%. Uh, With me today uh, to discuss uh, how social media is developing in Germany are three of the top 10 experts in the country. And uh, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. And uh, Thomas, uh, Start. Let's start with you. Tell us your name, the the organization you're with, and uh, just briefly um, how you see social media developing in Germany. Uh, hello, uh, my name is Thomas Prowse. I'm from Berlin, Germany. I'm the managing director uh, of Panorama 3000, with it, with it, which is a social uh, media and entertainment agency based in Berlin. And uh, yeah, like all over the world, uh, social media has been taken off during the last years, has become more important for consumers, like this for media and also for advertising and communications. So we're in the middle of a very interesting and evolving field. And I think we all have lots of fun, like working in that matter. And you were also on the board for Social Media Week Berlin, which just wrapped up. And we'll talk about that. Oliver, you played a key role in blogger outreach for Next 11, which is one of the biggest shows, if not the biggest, social media-oriented show in Germany. Uh, Tell us a little about yourself and uh, your perspective on how social media is developing in Germany. Yeah, my name is Oliver Gassner. I'm um, working with Carpecom Communicate, which is my own company, and I'm consulting uh, small and big clients in social media communication mainly, or I prefer the term social web communication, and uh, mainly with the perspective of putting a blog in the center of um, communication and then um, reaching out to Twitter, Facebook, and other channels. I'm also a licensed Xing trainer. Xing is the German uh, or D-A-C-H, uh, German, Austrian, Swiss equivalent of LinkedIn, um, about as old as LinkedIn and rather uh, widespread. Uh, I'm, I'm training with that. And as a, a third component, I have... Um, self-management as a topic um, and help clients organize their, their, their um, 
email and all incoming communication that doesn't get less if you use um, social media. Social media, I think, in Germany is a, in a really interesting phase of um, of or a stage because uh, recently I'm getting um, requests from uh, weird. <laughs> Parts of of the economy, like um, craftsmen and uh, business alliances, that that have been pretty critical towards internet in general and social media in special. But right now they say, hey, something is happening there. We need to know about Facebook. We need to know about Google. We need to know about uh, all those other things happening. Uh, please help us. And uh, this, for me, is the indicator that. Uh, this is a movement finally going mainstream in Germany. Great. Thanks for that. We in the U.S. regard ourselves largely as a media culture. Uh, we are seduced by media, and many of our memories are, are confounded in media. The movie Cabaret, uh, as an American, when I think about Germany, that movie is, is prominent in my, I, I, my ideas. I, was, uh, do, I did a, tr a social media boot camp in Frankfurt last uh, year, and I was literally walking through the streets, and I could hear the soundtrack of Cabaret in my mind. I give you that international sensation, Fräulein Sally Bowles! What good is sitting alone in your room? Come hear the music play. Life is a cabaret, old chum. Come to the cabaret. And, and the cool thing about cabaret is uh, there's an expat who's the protagonist in the story. And so you get a chance to sort of see that culture through the eyes of the expat. And so we have an expat on this call. Uh, his name is Sebastian Vasta. He was actually the digital strategist and online community manager for Optus in Australia, which is a huge company. And he's moved to Berlin. Uh, Sebastian, tell us about yourself. Why did you move to Berlin? Was it was it cabaret or was there some other thing that lured you? Uh, well, I have I have to say, Eric, uh, I've never I've never seen cabaret. So <laughs> sorry. Isn't cabaret um, based in Paris, by the way? <laughs> oh, you guys! My God, no! This is a uh, it's a great film, and it's uh, Berlin. It's based in Berlin. Cabaret is based in Berlin. Okay. Put down the knitting, the book, and the broom. It's time for a holiday. Life is a cabaret, old chum. Come to the cabaret. They, I think I think we've all got a bit of homework there. Um, I used to have this girlfriend known as Elsie With whom I shared four sordid rooms in Chelsea She wasn't what you'd call a blushing flower As a matter of fact, she rented by the hour The day she died, the neighbors came to snicker Well, that's what comes from too much pills and liquor but when I saw her laid out like a queen, she was the happiest corpse I'd ever seen. Yeah, I, I guess uh, my my last role um, 
just to uh, just to clarify that. And as for me, and as for me, I made my mind up back in Chelsea when I go. I was the social media manager at Optus, which is uh, the, the second largest telco in Australia. Um, so my role there was, was covering um, the, the, the strategy and the governance in general, um, the, the marketing campaigns that Optus, Optus did, um, the corporate communications, the customer service, the internal reporting and analysis. I guess um, the, the team that I was heading up, we were the voice of Optus externally in social media and internally at Optus, we were the voice of the customer. And, and I, 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 I tell that or I make that clear, I guess, because what we're seeing here in Berlin that's really exciting for me is a number or a great number of, of startups that are doing excellent work. But what they're doing is they're setting up community management from the outset. And, and that means that they are, they are designing products in consultation with and for um, their user base, and that, that's that's a really exciting concept for me. I think the way that companies are now changing to uh, to put the customer first, and the ones that are able to do that most successfully are starting to really take a, take market share away from um, from the other players in the space. So you see a lot of, um, I guess, in the telco space, you see a lot of challenger brands, you see a lot of cut price carriers that are actually designing their products with the customer in mind, really, really being quite social about it. And they're taking market share away from the big boys. So, yeah, to, to come here for a new challenge and to see the new market and to also be surrounded by um, companies that are employing um, um, community managers and, and social media staff, yeah, this is, this is a really uh, new horizon for me and a new challenge. So I'm very happy to be here in, in Berlin, which is not, not just a... a not just a city that's exploding with creativity at the moment in the social space, but just a, a really great place to be in general. So, so we all live in the tech bubble, the four of us. And yeah. inside that bubble, the story used to be adoption and penetration. How many people are on Facebook? How many people are on LinkedIn? How many people are on Zing? How many people are on Google Plus? What's the number? And then the, the, the standard question was, is it, is it a fad? Is it something that's going to go away? But increasingly, that story has become more about how to leverage the social infrastructure, this sort of this storehouse of demographic and psychographic information to offer smarter, easier to use solutions for services and for commerce. Um, tell us, and, and I know there are a number of tech startups coming out of Berlin right now that are sort of looking at that, SoundCloud being one of them, um, I believe Etsy being another. Tell us, you know, one of the things that becomes a bleeding edge proposition is when you have to go to a company that has a low level of digital literacy and sort of bring them up to speed just so that you can tell them what you can do for them because they may be so new to this space that they don't really understand. How, how ready is, would you say, the German corporate audience is outside the bubble? How ready are they for social media? Thomas, let's start with you. 
Uh, I think they're pretty ready in terms of that they know that there's a need and that they that individuals also are pretty interested in new possibilities and many of them are really open. Um, of course, they want to know what they get out of it. So it's very number-focused, in my opinion, still, looking at fans, looking at reach, looking at engagement, looking at social ROE. But um, many of them also have understood that the learning process is also a great benefit that can come out of social media engagement and that it's not all about marketing but also about internal operations, about service, about like product enhancement. And uh, yeah, I've, I've talked to people who are really, really into it and uh, really interested and want to do it. And I think the whole scene and the whole business is professionalizing. There are many people who know what they're doing right now in this field. But are they scared? Are they scared of losing control of the message? Mm, no, I wouldn't say they're scared, actually. Not really. Uh-uh. No, the scare, phase, the scare phase is over. Oliver, um, you know, you're working with, with tradesmen. You're working with some smaller businesses. Mm. Uh, how much time do you have to spend bringing them up to speed before you can get down to work? Well, well actually, I have to add something to Thomas' perspective. You have to know that I'm in Baden-Württemberg, and, and I'm close to the Swiss border, so I'm as far as you can get away from Berlin uh, while still staying in Germany. And I see the exact opposite. Um, I see that uh, huge amounts of, of or huge percentages of businesses, especially small and medium businesses that, in my opinion, would most profit from the big businesses. They are there, the big brands, they are there, and they have good consultants and so on, or they, they, they work with agencies um, like Thomas's agency or whatever. Uh, and, and they are pretty well informed, they are interested, they are. They know what they need to do and so on, or that they need to do something. But the small and medium businesses uh, that I'm mainly interested in, um, they, uh, to the largest part, uh, lack any understanding of why this would be interesting, why this would be necessary and so on. Among those, there are many that, not, not most, but many, there's a large group that has understood um, and is interested and I'm actually working with those. I'm not going up to businesses and saying, hey guys, you need to be on Facebook, uh, mainly because for many of them it won't solve anything or it won't do anything, uh, but, um, but because I decided at some point that I'm not going to evangelize to be there, but I'm going to provide information to those and help and, and motivation to those that are interested. So I'm not spending a minute <laughs> on evangelizing people to go uh, to go uh, to open a blog or whatever. But if they come up to me and say, what can we do in this space? I'll analyze with them what their communication needs are and find a mix of, of channels that's uh, that's helpful for them. Um, so um, I, I, I mainly think that's a, a big difference between the Berlin perspective and uh, l let me be provocative and say and the real world out there. You know, Sebastian, in the U.S., a lot of uh, people, uh, foreigners, have come over here, and because they aren't from here, they can spot opportunities, and many of them have been very successful. They can sort of see the forest through the trees because, you know, they're not engulfed in it. You've been there a short period of time. You moved over from Australia. You made a presentation at Social Media Week that... I mean, I've heard was one of the best presentations uh, at Social Media Week Berlin. Thank you. <laughs> Tell us if you would, um, you know, based on your first impressions, because according to Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink, it's all about the first impression. Uh, you know, on a scale from one to 10, 
how ready is the Germany you've seen for social media engagement? Well, it's definitely it's definitely a different different market. Um, I I don't know about a number from one to ten, but I can tell you some observations. Um, what I said about about Berlin um, and the startup community here, I, I think, is very true. But that's that's just one one sort of business, and most businesses um, have been established before social media came to such prominence. Most businesses are run by people that aren't. As, as you say uh, very correctly, inside this bubble uh, or the, the echo chamber that, that us social media uh, digital uh, types find ourselves in. Um, I think that the German market definitely has a different um, take-up of, of smartphones, a different take-up of uh, social media networks, full stop, um, compared to the market that I've come from in Australia and, and other markets around the world, such as America. Um, but ev- yeah, every market is different. Um, and in the German in the German sense, uh, you need to do uh, you need to do what what you need to do with any um, social media market, which is to find out where people are talking, how they're consuming social media, what device they're using to access social media, uh, and then build a strategy around it. For some people, um, they won't have um, they won't have. Uh, the need to get into social media at this point because their customers may not be activated um, and talking about uh, their company in social media. So yeah, it's it's a case by case thing. Um, I think that in some in some sectors, yeah, the German market's as ready um, and as keen for it as as other uh, as, as in other regions. But um, yeah, for sure, there are still some people that. Yep, they're, they're scratching their chin, wondering what to do with it. They know that they probably should do something with it, but yeah, if you dig a little deeper, it's not just them that's uh, that that are unsure about it, but it's actually um, just the segment of the target audience that that they need to target. Yeah, it's a very real challenge for us here in the U.S. too, because if you're a consultant or an agency and you provide social media communication services. Overcoming digital illiteracy remain, uh, remains the, the biggest challenge because digitally illiterate clients have unrealistic expectations, and they also require an excessive amount of hand-holding and education just to get them to approve what are ultimately in their best interests. And, uh, you know, in most cases, the time a consultant spends educating a client is non-billable, right? So, you know, it's it's tough enough just to assemble compelling research and, you know, and present that on spec to sign new business, but investing billable hours in bleeding edge client services like education and training really limits our ability to invest those same hours in activities that could actually generate an ROI for the client. And I think that's why you see a lot of the big agencies, um, you know, and this isn't the case in the U.S. for the most part. Most big agencies have jumped in, but originally the big agencies were sort of standing on the sidelines, letting the uh, these little startups cut their teeth uh, with the idea that whoever you know could could do the best in this as a startup agency, they'd just buy that agency once that agency had the billing, rather than have to hemorrhage red ink over educating a bleeding edge market. Um, you know, for the last few years, I've been chairing this uh, conference for the Public Relations Society of America called the Digital Impact Conference. And uh, this year at the conference, uh, I, I did a keynote on B2B social media, and I asked the audience, if you know uh, the impact of an inbound link on your search rank, raise your hand. 
and uh, only one or two hands went up in an audience of about three, four hundred. So let me ask you this. If you and um, Oliver, for you, uh, make it next 11, but um, for Thomas and Sebastian, if you had asked, uh, you know, the audiences that you presented to at Social Media Week Berlin last week, if they knew the impact of an inbound link on their search rank, how many do you think could have answered that question satisfactorily? Oh, hard to say. I'd say the half, half of them, maybe, maybe more. I think even more. I mean, we had a really diverse, very young audience at the Social Media Week. Really, people who were interested in getting in there professionally. It was not very business oriented. wasn't ra- was rather oriented at like a, a consumer audience. So, considering the fact that most of them were young, internationally experienced, and also in the field of communication, I'd guess more than half would really know that there is an impact. Yeah. Um, I, again, again, uh, it's it's interesting to go to social media events around the world because you always do get a really good spread of of, of understanding. Um, some people got it. Um, well, everyone had enthusiasm for it, but some people, you know, knew broadly the stuff that they were being presented already. Um, it it really depended again because it was such a wide week of um, of different topics from um, social media for corporates to social media for uh, social media application design to social media for activism um, and event organization it, it, yeah there was a real widespread last week um, but I think in general in general um, one thing that I touched on in my previous um, spiel about about readiness um, was was data and and really the people the people that are I think really winning or really really getting or really yeah really in a position to do social media right are the organisations that are hiring people um, and buying tools to you know locate the data um, analyze the data and turn that data into proof points and insights that drives you know, the, the social media ideas that they're putting out. So, yeah, I think that uh, that a lot of people, yeah, a, a lot of agencies, to your point, Eric, a lot of agencies um, uh, say that they can do social media, but it's the ones that are investing the time and, and the resource in, 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 in being able to analyze data that are doing the best and actually are offering the best, um, best solutions. Oliver, you and I were both, um, you know, official bloggers at the web last year and that's where we met. And, uh, you know, I would say amongst the official bloggers at the web, if you asked any of them, the impact of an inbound link on search rank, they would have known. I mean, there's nobody that would not have have known. 120% would have known. uh, But if you looked out over the rest of the audience, many of whom were general business people that were just there for, you know, that event for this sort of. Mm You know, what you I, I, saw on the stage were these high-profile presentations, uh, great yeah. presenters. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. But there's no real hands-on practical training that goes down in a scenario like that. It's a lot. It's very flashy. Yeah, so, okay. I mean, LeWeb is not – LeWeb is the place for business models. Yeah, it's not, not so much the place. Even, even Next11 wasn't the place for – Hands down, know how. That's what you do in training. That's not what you do in in shows like that. But I, in in I, I think even even most of the people present would have known that uh, if you get links, it's usually good. Yeah. But the the problem I see there in in CEO in Germany is that 
many many people even know yeah yeah it's good to have inbound links yeah and then they they google something they they say yeah who can help me with that and they find some kind of uh well local small scale seo agency that will take their money and spam lots of blogs and stuff and sometimes if you talk to people whose service was was spammed for a new blog yeah sometimes i call those people up and say how how come you hire somebody to spam my blog and they say yeah, what's happening i don't know what's happening yeah so um, they, they they know they have to do something, but they don't know what they have to do. And then they um, we're, we're talking about small medium businesses here, or or, or even um, one person shows, yeah? and um, and they they just fall into the trap of some some yeah um, CEO guys that uh, that are more into spamming than into than into real good uh, work there and. Um, I'm also not so sure if I can agree with Sebastian. I think uh, I think social media is not about numbers, about data, about links, about yeah, it's about people in dialogue. Yeah, and usually everybody knows how to talk to a customer. Yeah, uh, when they're face to face. And um, some companies, I mean, we're not talking the big companies, but in general, yeah, people know how to talk to customers. So, so people get into that trap of, of those of those uh, really bad agencies, and then um, yeah, okay, uh, let's let's start at that point. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure. Or it's it's probably just a different perspective that I have from from Sebastian. I don't think uh, social media is so much about uh, numbers, incoming links, and stuff like that. But I think um, it's about it's about dialogue and being able to have a dialogue with customers or partners online. And um, I think um, I usually say the Internet is not connecting machines or, or statistical bots or whatever, but it's connecting humans. And normally everybody knows how to talk to a customer. They just seem to forget how to talk to a customer when they go online. Um, and um, so you just it, it's it's mainly a brain thing. It's mainly a, a, mainly a thing of understanding to show people how to interact uh, online in a way that is acceptable to everybody. And um, for, for I'll give you an example. Yesterday evening, I talked to a guy, and he's. Um, I understand he lost his job, and he uh, he was in management, and he's thinking about going freelance. And he said, "Yeah, you know, at, at some point, uh, let's let's have a talk about um, whether whether this makes sense at all to do anything in social media, and and what the dangers are." And I said. Or what the rules are, and I said that the rules are mainly don't do to others what you don't want to have. Yeah, if you don't want to get spam, don't spam. If you don't want to get empty contact requests, don't send empty empty contact requests. Yeah, don't do anything you wouldn't do on paper, um, or or in a in a face to face dialogue. And in in Germany, many people are just unsure what happens if they use this 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 new me to them very new medium. Yeah, because most people in Germany are not on Facebook and, and don't blog and they don't, uh, yeah, they think eBay is pretty nifty. Yeah, that's about uh, their, their, their level of, uh, of online proficiency. Sure. I mean, one of the reasons in, in the U.S. that we have, I think, you know, widespread digital literacy in the workplace is because the economic model behind most of the social media conferences which are out there um, are, are essentially that the the keynote headliners are compensated, 
but the presenters are not. And so the conference organizers basically bring together as many names as they can to try and sell seats. But there's no master curriculum. There's a lot of redundancy. There's no quality control. Uh, you know, lots of the sessions are sort of, you know, sales a sales pitch about how this agency did a great job in social media for a client. And, of course, if you don't know where the bodies are buried, if you don't know, you know, where the potholes in the road are, then you come to social media with unrealistic expectations. So, so mm. let, let me ask you this, um, and, and I'll direct this one to you, Oliver. You're doing a lot of training. Um, you know, on your side, Thomas, you're working with these big clients, and they're paying the big bucks, and they're trusting you. And then, you know, Sebastian, you're just sort of coming into this market from an enterprise and sort of uh, figuring out where the opportunities are. I mean, how does... How does the general German professional learn to use social media? How do they do it? What are the options for them? That's really, really hard. I mean, right now you have at, at each corner, you have springing up uh, so-called social media yeah, academies and uh, and uh, yeah, outfits that, that, that uh, provide training in that area. The classical training business is not really picking up on that because, you know, those those training businesses that train you in the new Word version or Windows 7 or whatever, yeah, the, their customers are not booking any social web training for their, for their uh, employees uh, or not, not really a lot of that. And um, so I think mainly they are they are somewhat uh, sometimes they hope that they hire the digital native and ask just the youngest uh, person of the team if they know how to uh, manage facebook but they are they are users of facebook and they don't really know how to promote a business there so um I'd almost say not at all. The big businesses, they just hire some some agency that is more or less proficient. Like in, in, in Thomas' case, <laughs> it's more proficient. In other cases, it's less proficient in, the, in that area. Um, some, uh, some really, um, for example, the people uh, coming to my, to my uh, Xing trainings, they are mainly um, either heads of very small businesses or even um, uh, one-person uh, outfits that, that are just um, working on their own. Oliver, let me interject for a minute here. Why, why is Zing so hot in Germany? Why? I think, I, I mean, they are roughly as old as LinkedIn is. Yeah, so at that point, there was no business social network. Um, and um, Xing has managed to uh, be a standard in that area. They right now they have uh, roughly they have five million um, members, which is roughly five percent of the professional population of Germany. Um, and um, for example, LinkedIn in, in in Great Britain or the U.S. I'm told has has roughly ten percent of that of that population. So Xing has a pretty good potential for growth there on the one hand on the other hand um i think the germans are pretty uh, concerned about privacy about uh, data protection yeah the german term datenschutz yeah you'll be able to read that in jeff jarvis's book extensively because he 
uh, constantly, I think, at least that's my impression, uses Germany as a kind of uh, antipodial example um, or, or as a kind of, of backdrop against the, the U.S. Um, uh, um, practices there. And and uh, Xing is a German company. They're under German, uh, under German law and they... Um, are pretty keen on keeping those regulations, and that's something that's attractive to German businesses. Thomas, I'll make you an example. Yeah, on Tuesday, I was in a little talk with the mayor of this village. This village has four thousand and five hundred inhabitants. Yeah, um, and uh, we, that was a project. It's a community project. We are playing against another village in a in a contest, and we have to reach many many people. And I. I came up to him and said, well, we don't have Facebook yet. And he said, yes, we don't have Facebook yet because we had data protection concerns. But now go ahead, open a page. He said, I'm not going to open a page. You do it. I'll let you do it. Yeah. Um, so it's really the case that, that many people in Germany are afraid of those laws. And if you are working in, for example, in, in um uh, public administration and so on. Uh, you'll do anything to to avoid problems with uh, with uh, Datenschutz law. Thomas, I want to talk to you for a minute about Berlin. Uh, you know, Berlin has been a creative hub and a destination for young expats from other places for years, but its hipness never translated into badly needed jobs for metropolis that could not recover uh, from the industrial era. And that was essentially wrecked by war and by division. Now, uh, you know, this developing Internet startup community is offering is offering this sort of glimpse of uh, of of an economic future that, you know, has that the city has never really had. Um, you know, and, and this is I'm paraphrasing from this uh, New York Times article. I'll have a link in the show notes. So is that is what I said true? Is it real? What is the future of that city? Berlin is a creative hub, definitely. In Europe, it's actually, it's often also been mentioned as like even challenging London in terms of tech creativity. And this like unemployment and the industrial past also had like the effect that Berlin is very cheap, which uh, draws in lots of creative talent. People just want to, can live here on like on, on half of the cost probably that they need in London so they can study, they can do their projects, make movies, or just like found startups. So this is the hummus that all this this new creative scene uh, is is growing from. And like SoundCloud or or Gitsy uh, are like uh, the flowers that just spring out. But like all around are many, many, many uh, startups and and technology companies and agencies who um, make use of these people from all over the world who live here, or creative people who have come to Berlin from or from Germany to start successful businesses. So it's true what you say, yes. Why is unemployment so high? Why? If, if, if there is, you know, all this opportunity, why aren't these young people who have these skills being absorbed by, you know, corporate interests? Well, it's actually a problem. Like, uh, unemployment is high, not in the group of people that we are talking about, but it's unemployment is high beyond people who used to work in industries who are way older who used to be like services of the government because like of course Berlin had two governments and then the west of Berlin was heavily subsidized by uh, by the western uh, western part of Germany and so of course after the war came down lots of people who used to work in public administration got unemployed 
as uh, as well as from from industries who went over to like the east or or or, or, um, or um, Asia. So the jobs that are being created right now won't help to put people in in employment that have been unemployed for years. So it's it's a different it's a different uh, development here. Final question, and I want I want to hear everybody's opinion on this. Um, obviously, you know the the economy in Europe is in peril at this point, uh, and it's largely because of the Greek debt that the German banks are holding. So, and and what I'm interested to know is how is the threat of a default impacting the business is the business landscape in Germany and and the ability of startups in Berlin to get funding. Thomas, let's start with you on this one. Yeah, um, I think entrepreneurs won't like look too much at this crisis. If we talk about the startup scene and, and young people, they won't bother making like their mind up about possible debt uh, or default crises in the future. So I don't think that's affecting too much. Um, I don't know how it affects bigger companies like the car producing industry, which is the biggest in Germany, which is really important. I don't know what kind of scenarios they have or the banking industry um, to be prepared on like uh, even, even even bigger problems and bigger crises. Oliver, um, what, what about you? I mean, how has uh, um, how's the temperament of the business community affected right now? Are, are people taking longer to make decisions? Are, are they are they sort of not spending money? Uh, you know, what, what's your view on how, um, you know, German businesses are responding to the potential uh, of some sort of a Greek default? I think um, it, it will depend on what uh, the German banks and the German businesses learned from the last crisis. Um, in the last crisis, the banks stopped giving credit uh, to businesses. Uh, the businesses started to get extremely uh, cautious. Um, many businesses let people go. Other businesses took those people and took them in. Some businesses uh, didn't let anyone go to be prepared for the for um, the um, economy going up again. Um, so it will depend on how the banks uh, and how the businesses will react. I think uh, react. I think it's more a psychological thing. On on the note of investments, my impression was that in the last crisis. People said, "Okay, then let's not invest in in uh, stock, but let's let's invest in startups." So it could actually be good for startups um, that uh, investment in them might be more interesting than investment in classical um, or in, in 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 normal investment opportunity. Um, so, so it could have uh, actually an adverse effect in that area. Um, so, um, I, I mean, I felt that that I had some business going away in crisis, but that's uh, due to the fact that people have other priorities than, than thinking about social media and thinking about communication. They are thinking about uh, who to sack and who to, um, and, and who to hire or who to, or, or, or what area of business to diminish. Uh, and so um, it, it, it's, it's, I think it will depend if, if, uh, People are psychologically prepared to uh, what's going to happen. Got it. Hey, Sebastian. So you know, you're you're a young guy. You had a killer gig at Optus. Yeah. Uh, they're a huge telecom. You're in you were in Australia, which has a healthy economy, and you decide to pack it up and move to Berlin. Why? Why? I mean, what was what, if any, 
economic circumstances uh, made Berlin and Germany interesting to you? Yeah, sure. I mean, yes, the uh, Australia is is a very uh, a very comfortable place to be at the moment. It's um, it's it's definitely very far from uh, you know the protests and so on that that we see in Europe here, and and that's that's fantastic. I I was really looking forward to uh, to the new challenge of of a new market. Um, as I've said, the uh, or as, as we've all said, the market is a little less mature in some areas here, um, and and just just learning. Having having to to learn my way around um, a new city, a new language, uh, and a new market um, is 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 an exciting challenge that I'm really enjoying at the moment. Um, economically, um, I I you know I, I won't really comment on uh, on on the threat of default and so on. But here, the startup the startup uh, boom that Berlin is enjoying is definitely creating jobs here. And that that's a fantastic thing. So it's it's a really really exciting time um, to be here. Uh, and, and as for as for the rest of um, businesses um, wanting to or, or wondering if they should invest in social media, um, I'd go back to the to the earlier point that I made about um, about data. And and I should say that um, uh, just to to what Oliver said, yeah, for sure. There's no social media is about being social. I mean, if you take media out of the word, uh, out of the phrase social media, what are you left with? You're left with social behaviors. You're left with um, communicating and, and listening and understanding people. And that, that's not a new concept. That's, uh, that's actually, and that's actually a really interesting point because it means that there's, there's really no magic about social media. A lot of people are scared because it's this big new thing. Um, but really, it's just about communicating to people as we as we as humans uh, know how to do the point that I made about data is about um, being able to 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 educate people uh, about the the opportunities that are out there um, to show the value of I think you said uh, an inbound link before if you can communicate to people the value of of, of that um, that 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 highlights the need to get involved with social media and as for the, the the real thing I wanted to say about data was um, was that it, it shows you what direction you should take. A lot of um, agencies or companies or, or or you know people writing the checks say let's have a Facebook page or let's have a Twitter profile, but that's that, that's not actually backed up by data to show that that's where your target audience is. So yeah, I guess that's a really long way of of answering um, your question and talking about why businesses. Should invest in social media, no matter what the um, the economic climate is. Um, the answer is if you can see that your customers are there uh, and having a conversation about you, or going into these channels to to, to look for information on your products, then absolutely you need to uh, to be investing in this space. It's interesting, you know, as we've been having this conversation about uh, you know who would know the value of an inbound link. I, I the thought I've been having is, my gosh, by the time people learn the value of an inbound link they won't even matter anymore because we're moving from links to likes anyways uh but that that's about all the time we have for this podcast i want to thank our panelists and i want to give each of you the chance to tell us where we can find you online uh thomas let's start with you yeah um my online identity is stylewalker that's what i that's my name on twitter I used to DJ. That's what was my DJ name. So my blog's also stylewalker.net. 
You can take a look at my company Panorama at p3000.net and our pan-European social media agency network at boxnetworkeurope.com. And I'll get uh, links to those IDs in the show notes. Uh, Oliver. Yeah, my Twitter ID is Oliver G. I think you can find it, um, uh, everything else from there. Um, I'm on Google Plus mainly right now. And um, if you come from a German machine, you can just uh, Google my first name and uh, find me on page one. And Sebastian. I'm on Twitter, obviously. My uh, username is just my name, at Sebastian Vasta. That's one word. Uh, you can find my LinkedIn profile from there as well. And yeah, really happy to uh, and really keen to, to talk about social with anyone that's interested in it. Awesome. Well, listen, guys, thanks a lot for taking time out of your day to participate in this panel. I really appreciate it. All right. Yes. Thanks for having us. Have a great day over in the U.S. Start by admitting from cradle to tomb. It isn't that long a stay. Life is a cabaret, old chum. It's only You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com.